Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and secret true crime enthusiast. And I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 Now, before we get started, I just want to include a quick trigger warning The story does include stories of domestic abuse and murder So, okay, let's get into it Today, we're going to talk about O.J. Simpson, a former football star who was put on trial for the murder of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. The murders and the subsequent trial were major events in the early 1990s, in part because the trial itself was some absolutely courtroom theater, and also because O.J.'s eventual acquittal was met with a serious split reaction along racial lines. That acquittal happened on October 3, 1995, but let's back up. In the 1970s, O.J., nicknamed The Juice, get it, was a huge deal. He won the Heisman Trophy, awarded annually to the best college football player in 1968 while at USC. Later, he was a running back for the Buffalo Bills from 1969 to 1977, and then for the San Francisco 49ers from 1978 to 1979. He set NFL records, netted adoring fans, and was inducted into the college football and pro football halls of fame. By the time O.J. retired from football at the end of his second season with the 49ers, he was a veritable celebrity. He capitalized on that fame in retirement, moving into acting and getting parts in movies like the Naked Gun trilogy. Fast forward to the early 1990s. By then, O.J. had married and divorced Nicole Brown Simpson, whom he had met in 1977 when she was an 18-year-old server at a popular Beverly Hills private club. O.J. and Nicole had two children together, but he was also reportedly abusive towards her and O.J. was investigated by police several times for alleged domestic violence. Nicole said O.J. abused her a total of 62 times, including in public and in front of family and friends. Nicole filed for divorce from O.J. in 1992, though they briefly reconciled in 1993. By June 1994, they were permanently split and living separately in Los Angeles' Brentwood neighborhood. That brings us to June 12, 1994. That night, Nicole and her friend, Ron Goldman, were murdered at Nicole's home. They were found by a neighbor shortly after midnight on July 13th. Both had been violently stabbed to death. At the scene, police found a blue knit hat and a left-hand light leather glove. This would be important later. OJ became a suspect pretty quickly. Investigators found blood on his white Ford Bronco and the matching glove from the murder scene at his house. A limousine driver told officers they saw a man running up the driveway to OJ's house shortly after investigators placed Nicole's murder. All that, coupled with OJ's documented history of alleged abuse against Nicole, was enough for a warrant. 
OJ agreed to turn himself in, but instead, on June 17th, he tried to flee in his white Ford Bronco, prompting a police chase through Los Angeles that was broadcast on national television, captivating Americans all over the country. He did end up giving himself in, leading to a truly wild trial. He cultivated a dream team of attorneys, along with Robert Shapiro and Robert Kardashian, yep, Kim's dad, and despite all the evidence against him, they offered a rousing defense— arguing that he was framed by cops and that he was a black victim of racist policing, which, to be fair, is a pretty realistic indictment of our current criminal justice system. The thing about this case, though, is that there was a lot of that aforementioned evidence against OJ. In addition to all the pretty damning stuff we already mentioned, investigators found his blood and bloody footprints at the murder scene. Nicole and Goldman's blood, hair, and fibers in his car— and records of Nicole saying OJ threatened to kill her if she ever found a new boyfriend. It's not clear if Goldman and Nicole were dating, but it certainly could have looked that way. Still, the dream team worked hard. Cochran was particularly convincing, especially in a much-quoted moment in which the prosecution, Marcia Clark and Christopher Darden, asked OJ to try on the clothes found at his house and at the scene. They were too small. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit, Cochran told the jury a line that's since gone down as a defining moment in trial history. It was theater, but the whole thing was theater. Millions of people tuned in to watch the Dream Team run circles around Clark and Darden. On October 3, 1995, over a year after the murders took place, jurors quickly reached a verdict. 140 million Americans tuned in to hear it. OJ was not guilty of both murder charges. Opinions on the verdict were drawn pretty sharply along racial lines, Black Americans who were frequently subjected to racist policing were convinced O.J. was innocent and that the verdict was sound. White Americans tended to think he was guilty, so much so that late-night shows joked about how he got away with obvious murder. O.J. didn't go to jail, at least not that time, but his career seriously stalled, and he was a running joke for decades. In 1997, he was found liable of Nicole and Goldman's murders in a civil trial and ordered to pay their families millions in damages which he didn't do. And in 2008, he was convicted of armed robbery and kidnapping relating to a separate incident and sentenced to 33 years in prison. He was released in 2017, and now he's on Twitter. And now for today's music fun fact. On this date in 1992, Irish singer Sinead O'Connor made headlines when she ripped up a picture of Pope John Paul II while performing on Saturday Night Live. O'Connor was protesting sexual abuse in the Roman Catholic Church, and she shouted, fight the real enemy, as she tore up the picture in front of the camera. There was some pretty serious backlash. Angry critics called NBC to complain. Madonna criticized O'Connor. She was shouted offstage at a Bob Dylan tribute concert in Madison Square Garden just two weeks later. In fact, O'Connor's career stalled after the incident, which may or may not be related, but sure seemed like a coincidence. Of course, decades later, the extent of widespread abuse in the church is pretty well known, if not exactly uh, addressed. Justice for Sinead. And for today's final segment, I'm going to be looking into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on an October 3rd in my life. Oh my god. Okay, so it looks like on October 3rd of 2016, I had just started posting covers on SoundCloud for the first time. 
And I have a screenshot here of a notification that I got from somebody on SoundCloud. And I didn't really get like a whole lot of interaction on my on my songs at that point because I was just posting covers. I think I had like 150 followers really. So it was it was very exciting for me to check my email and see, you know, what notifications popped up. And it looks like on October 3rd of 2016, an account called Lord Satan <laughs> interacted with my <laughs> with my SoundCloud. And so the headline of the G- of the Gmail notification I got said, Lord Satan likes one of your tracks on SoundCloud today at 4.50 a.m. Um, and I apparently took a screenshot of that because I thought it was funny. And that's what happened on October 3rd of 2016. That was a very exciting moment for me. I got a like, and it was specifically from Lord Satan. So big day for her. Big day for MXM Tune. And that wraps up this episode of 365 Days with MXM Tune. Thank you so much for listening and make sure that you tune in tomorrow to hear what we have to talk about then. And if you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along at 365 Days MXM Tune on all platforms. Hope you like this episode and I'll see you tomorrow. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365